You're about to listen to a message from Every Nation Church Midrand, the place where people come to be changed and discipled to transform society. Japan, um, is it Montgomery? I don't, I'm not sure. Anyway, he went to Japan and he now sent, made a call, sent a, an SOS to the church in America and said to them, he said to them, Japan is ready for harvest. Please send missionaries. Send missionaries to Japan. I mean, you see, after war, that is the best time to reach out. <laughs> because people are broken. People have gone through trauma. There's so much that has happened. He says they are ready. And the Japanese themselves were asking for missionaries. And guess what? The church was debating. They were arguing about the colors of the carpet. Huh? Who should be deacon? Who should be elder? Come on. <laughs> yeah. They were arguing about positions. They were arguing about all kinds of irrelevant things. And they did not heed that call. They did not heed that call. And then those who felt, oh, well, you know, we, we didn't budget for it. There is no budget for it. So we can't send missionaries. There's no budget for it. This guy saying, listen, this is an SOS. Find it. Do something. Sell the building. Do something. And send missionaries. Because there is a call. The harvest is ready. Somebody needs to come and reap. And so, unfortunately, the church did not respond. And I think, I believe that on the judgment day, the church is going to give an account for that. So guess what? Shintoism took over. Huh? Shintoism, Buddhism took over. And today, I don't even know what percentage of Christians we have in Japan. Very little. I think maybe less than five. I'm not sure. Huh? You know Shintoism? The worship of the emperor. So imagine you wake up one day and you are told that the president is your God. And you have to pray to him. How many people would love that? Come on. I know you love him so much. Would you pray to him? So that's what happens when... When, um, when we don't go at the time of harvest, we lose the crop. So Buddhism came in and reaped. Shintoism took over. Say, not under my watch. We are not going to allow any religion to take over Midran. Come on. Do you agree? Yeah, we're not going to allow any religion to take over Midrand. Huh? 
You can build the biggest facility, whatever it is you want to build. With or without buildings, we are taking over. Amen. Come on. Yes, you know, the power of Christianity is that the more they afflicted them, the more they grew. Amen. Amen. There is something, there is a secret in the gospel. There is a secret power in what we have. If there's anybody that doesn't believe the gospel, it is Christians that don't believe in the power of the gospel to change lives. So, I don't know about you. I've made a quality decision. Not under my watch. We're going to pay the price. Everything has a price. Did you know that? Nothing is for free. Don't be deceived. Even if they tell you, oh, you pay this and get this for free. You've already paid for it. Yeah. You've already paid for it. They just worked it out to play some psychology on you. But you've paid for it. And you're excited. Wow, there's sales here. Wow, let me go and buy this. You didn't budget it. I'm going to buy this. I'm going to buy that. But it's, it's, you've already paid for it. So it's the same way in the spirit, nations are for sale. Communities are for sale. Cities are for sale. Souls are for sale. Yeah. So, when is time? You know, Jesus has already paid with his blood. And so, all we need to do is to just go and harvest So the price we are paying is not, is not the price of, say, the redemption or whatever. Jesus has paid that. But the price we are paying is the price of, you know, inconveniencing ourselves. The price of putting down our comfort. The price of putting, down, putting aside our preferences so as to reach the lost. Are you getting my point? So I know to some people, to sit in church for more than an hour is a sacrifice. No, may God help you to see that it's actually insignificant. huh? If you don't do it with all of your heart. My Lord. So, the harvest. I want you to have a revelation of the harvest. Let's look at Matthew chapter, chapter 9. And I'll read from verse 35. Then Jesus went about all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. Right? But when he saw the multitudes, notice that, when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion for them 
because they were weary and scattered like sheep, having no shepherd. Now, Jesus was preaching in their cities and villages, going about preaching the gospel of the kingdom, preaching and teaching, and then healing all kinds of sicknesses, all kinds of diseases. He was healing them. And the Bible says that he looked at a point. I, see, I mean, he was already busy doing that, right? And then he stops and he looks and he sees the multitude. And he was moved with compassion. Why? Because they were weary and scattered. He could see how tired they were. He could see how weary they were. He could see how battered they were. As sheep without a shepherd. I don't believe he was looking at them physically. I don't think it was just physical weariness. He's the one in Matthew, I think, is it 27, where he says, um, all those who are Weary and heavy laden, come to me and I will give you rest. Am I correct? So the weariness he's talking about here, I'm sure is a spiritual state. So there are some people who are weary. They're there, but they are not there. They are with the Lord, but again, they are not. They are in faith, but they are not in faith. They're standing, but again, they're not really standing. Hmm? You know what I'm talking about. You're tired of believing. You're tired of trusting. You're tired of standing. You are tired of saying, oh Lord, I believe you for a miracle. I believe you for my intervention. I believe you. You are tired. So these people were weary. And they were scattered like sheep without a shepherd. That's their state. Like sheep without a shepherd. Now, you need visions of the harvest are visions that enable you to see the true state of people. Okay? This, this, it's, it's important because most of us only see people as, as we... Um, as they appear physically, but we're not able to see as they appear spiritually. And my prayer is that God will open our eyes to begin to see the true state of people. To see somebody, they look excited, they look everything together, but you can see, oh, this one is weary. You get my point? Yeah, you can see that weariness. May God open our eyes. May God give us the capacity to see that. So that when you walk past somebody, as you are walking past the person, the person looks all right. But then you see in the spirit, and you now say, oh my, I need to go talk to this person. This person needs, needs help. This person needs Jesus. Obviously, everybody needs Jesus, but there are some people that are ready for, to be harvested. Some people are not ready yet, but some are ready. So, I'm declaring multiple revelations 
of the harvest to come upon you. In the name of Jesus. That as you go around and as you walk, you go about your daily lives, you will begin to see the harvest in the midst of whatever is going on. You see and say, oh my, I need to pay attention to this. I need to go talk to this person. I need to go pray for this person. I need to go share with this person. I need to go and encourage this person. So we need God to open our eyes. And you don't need to be a pastor. You don't need to be an evangelist to do what I'm talking about. Hallelujah. You just need to be spiritual. And spirituality, there's no monopoly of spirituality. (laughs) Nobody. Nobody can hug that experience and say, oh, well, you know, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm the only spiritual person around. No. It shouldn't be for long if you are. If you're really spiritual, you shouldn't be the only spiritual person there for long. Am I correct? Yeah. You can start out being the only spiritual person there, but then it should not remain like that. Because if if it's true spirituality, it would cause you to see the harvest. And then you will do something about it. So Jesus saw them. He saw the state of these people. Not only were they sick physically and they had diseases uh, physically, but now he saw their state spiritually and he was moved with compassion. So you see, if, when, you ha- when you start having visions of the harvest, it causes you to begin to move in compassion. Not to become judgmental. And some people say they are prophetic, but they are judgmental. But your, 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 your master, Jesus, was not like that. Can you be more prophetic than Jesus? So, okay, so what if God shows you that this person has this issue? So what? Where is your compassion? Where is your heart of compassion that, that will cause you to move and do something to help the person? Instead of making the person the next gossip agenda, gossip topic. So Jesus didn't didn't respond like that. Oh my God, these people, oh. Yeah, we have a crisis in our hands. People, can you see these people? Can you see the mess I'm seeing? No, Jesus was not like that. So when Jesus saw their state, instead of just being critical, he now is moved with compassion. He's moved with compassion. That's what I want us to really trust God for, that we'll be a church of compassion. That we'll be be a people who who are compassionate and can be moved. When people are going through stuff, Why? Because that's the way your master is. If your master is like that, a disciple is not greater than his teacher. So if Jesus is like that, and you are trying to achieve more, I mean, you are trying to achieve things, and you don't want to do what Jesus did, you are trying to say that you are better than him. 
because you want to get the results without doing what he did. Are you better than him? No, we're not. So, say, Lord, give me revelations. Revelations of the harvest. Open my eyes to see the true state of the people in my world. The people in my sphere of influence. Amen. Yeah, so don't, don't look and you see people's weaknesses, then you begin to castigate them. All right? Because they are weak. You used to be weak. Maybe, you know, it has taken you 20 years. You've been a Christian for 20 years. So because of that, you've developed some spiritual muscles. And then somebody just is, you know, just got saved last week. And you are, <laughs> you are assessing him by your standard. You know, if I have to assess you by my standard... Oh, my God. Because I can confidently say, for instance, I pray more than all of you. Okay? Now, if I use that, if I use my standard to assess and judge you, you won't stand. Yeah, you, you won't. You'll be like an unbeliever. No, I'm serious. Jokes apart. Very serious. You'll be, you'll be a stark unbeliever. In fact, hey, let me not go there. <laughs> Hallelujah. Yeah. But I won't do that. Why? Because I've, I, I'm learning from this master, Jesus. I'm learning from him. And I'm, say, I'm praying all the time, Lord, I want to be like you. Yes, help me to be like you. If there's anybody that has no weakness, raise your hand. No weakness. You see, not even one person. I probably have more than you. But if I behave as if I don't have any weakness, and then I treat you as dirt because you have weakness, can you see there's something wrong with that? There's something wrong with that kind of Christianity. So Jesus, who was perfect, had all this bunch of apostles around him who were always fighting for positions. Huh? And thinking, carrying swords, ready to kill anybody that will stand in the way of their ambition. And yet, he was able to walk with them and bring them to that point where they could now start seeing the harvest. They could start having visions of the harvest. So that's how I want us to be. So we will begin to see Midran the way Jesus sees it. We'll begin to see South Africa the way Jesus sees it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Don't, don't allow the media to give you visions. Let Jesus give you visions. Okay? Yeah. Jesus, Jesus will give you a more accurate vision than the media. First of all, whatever the media has or whatever they say, you know, it's, there are many factors that affect what they show or 
show us or tell us. So you take it with a pinch of salt. Come on. <laughs> Glory to God. He saw them like sheep having no shepherd. Then he said to the disciples, look at what he said in verse 37. The harvest, let's read it together. Come on, one, two, three. The harvest is truly plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Hallelujah. So Jesus could see the harvest is, the, the harvest is great, but the laborers are few. So he had an accurate perspective of the situation. It wasn't distorted. It was an accurate perspective. So the harvest is great, but the laborers are few. We need to see the greatness of the harvest. Okay. So one of the visions of the harvest you need to have is the greatness of the harvest or the magnitude of the harvest. You need to have a vision of the magnitude of the harvest in your family. Yes, some of them are still bound in ancestral worship. Some of them are still bound in African traditional religion. Some of them are bound in religiosity. Some of them are bound in all kinds of abominations. So you need to see the magnitude of the harvest. Say, God, open my eyes to see the magnitude of the harvest. Hallelujah. May the Lord open our eyes to see the scope of this harvest. Must be so great. Isn't it interesting? Jesus said, the harvest is truly plentiful, but the laborers are few. Do you know, at that time, Jesus had almost 100% involvement in evangelism in his ministry. Yeah, all the disciples, they were involved. Do you get my point? Yeah, imagine... Yeah, he had all of them. He, he sent them out. If, if you read Luke chapter 10, he sent them out two by two. They were all involved. They were all mobilized. He mobilized all his disciples. All of them were mobilized to go and reach out. And yet, he said, the harvest is great, but the laborers are few. Now, fast forward to 2020. All right? Do you know that less than 2% of the body of Christ is engaged in reaching the laws? Maybe 1%. 1%. Now, if the harvest was great and the laborers few at that time, now, 7.6 billion people, I don't know what Jesus will say. Because if at that time where he had like 100% mobilization of, his, of, of, of all his, 
his staff and all his disciples, 100% of them, involved in reaching out. And he says, the laborers are few. Now, they're even fewer. Are you getting my point? Did you hear me? The laborers are fewer. Why? Because it's me, myself, and I. The kingdom of self. Yeah, that's, that's the kingdom of self. You know, that's, all that is, that, that's all that matters today. So most Christians only think about themselves. They're only, they, talk, they say kingdom of God, but in their heart is kingdom of self. So they, you can't mobilize them. Because when you say to them, come, let us pray for the, for the lost, it, it, it doesn't involve the kingdom of self. So it's not a priority. You get my point? When you say, oh, well, let's, we, we, we need to do this. There's this outreach. We need to pay so much for it. Oh, they've come again. They want our money. What have they been doing with all the money we've been giving, all the offerings, all the tithes, all things we've been giving? What have they done with that? Why? Kingdom of self. Kingdom of self. That's the problem. The greatest hindrance to the Great Commission today is not the devil. It's not the devil. It's Christians. Yeah. It is Christians. I'm telling you the truth. Christians are the ones delaying the coming of Christ. <laughs> he said, this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all nations and then the end shall come. Why has he not yet come? We are just sitting down building the kingdom of self. So, may God give us visions of the harvest. So, I, I, I'm painting this picture because I want you to understand where we are today. The harvest. <laughs> I don't know what English to use. Because Jesus, at the time of Jesus, mobilizing all his disciples, it was great and the laborers were few. But today, we have more laborers of Satan in the body of Christ than laborers for God. Yeah. Pastor, you were preaching well, aren't you? All this thing you're talking about now. It's, please, don't go there. Enough, we've heard you. That's someone's thought. Yeah, the laborers are few. Pray to the Lord of the harvest that he will send laborers into his harvest. That word send is not just, uh, you know, enlist. It's not just like um, uh, the tribe of <laughs> the tribe of Joshua. Um, today is your week. Uh, please make sure no, 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 it's not like that. 
Lord Jesus, you need to go and see the, the Greek for that word, send. Huh? Say ekbalo. Ekbalo. Yes. So that's the word. It means to, to, to propel. It means to force out. That's what it means. Yeah, it, you know, it's, it's, it's to force out. And I like to use the picture of the, the fighter pilot who is ejected from the plane that is about to crash. That's ekbalo. So Jesus said, pray to the Lord of the harvest that he will ekbalo people from the kingdom of their self into the harvest field. So should we pray for God to ekbalo you? No? Because if, if you don't do it willingly, he will do it after we pray this prayer. Come on. One thing I know is that God answers my prayers. Okay? God answers my prayers. So I'm going to pray this prayer for you. That the Lord will shake you. Huh? Do you, do you want that? I'm not going to pray it. I'm just, you know, I'm just letting you know that there is that possibility. <laughs> do you understand me? Yeah, there's, there's just, just bear in mind that there's that possibility that, you know, you could just be ekbalot. <laughs> yeah, so that's like compelling you to go. Visions of the harvest. We need to have visions of the harvest. Look at, look at, let's look at another, another account in, in closing. <clears throat> John chapter 4. Okay? This was Jesus. He and his disciples were, um, they were traveling and they had to go through Samaria. Huh? In... Um, in verse 3 of John chapter 4, it says, He left Judea and departed again to Galilee. Alright? But he needed to go through Samaria. Now, from Judea, from Judea to Galilee, actually, Samaria was a detour. It wasn't the quickest way to get there. Okay? So, he said, he needed to go through Samaria. How did he need to go through Samaria? Remember what we said last week. The spirit of seeing and doing. So he must have seen the Father. Alright? He must have seen or heard the Father. This is the way. I have some work for you to do in Samaria. I know you're going to, to Galilee. But you must go through Samaria. So obviously Jesus, as we know, always obeys the Father. He goes through Samaria. And then he gets to a point where he's so hungry, huh? and he sends the disciples to go and, um, and get something for him to eat. And what happens? They go, and he's there at the well. And we know the story of the woman that came to fetch water. And it's interesting that it's, it's like midday, and this woman is coming to fetch water. Usually, because in the Middle East, it's usually very hot. Temperatures, how many? Yeah. It's, it's hotter than Limpopo, you know. It's, 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 it's hotter than Palabora. 
Huh? When I went to Palabora, oh my God, I said, what is going on here? I was sweating like a Christmas chicken. <laughs> it's like, oof, they're about to kill me here. <laughs> yeah. So in the Middle East, it's like that. It's, it's more than that. So because of that, normally, women would go to fetch water before sunrise. Or at sunset, when it's cool. There must be a reason why this woman went in the heat of the day. And mostly it's women that fetch water. So my suspicion is that she has had dealings with their husbands. The Bible is silent about it, but listen, I'm just, I'm just using my imagination, okay? <laughs> so she's trying to avoid all of them, so she knows at midday, none of them will be there. So she will endure the heat and everything to make sure. So by the time it's sunset, she's got her water. She doesn't need to meet any of those women. And that is the time Jesus is there. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. He is seated there waiting. Oh, our Heavenly Father, the Lord of the harvest. When He begins to move in our lives, when we yield ourselves, that's how He's going to order our steps to the harvest that is ready, to the fields that are white. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yes, so that's how the Father led Jesus to that place at the most unusual time for a woman to fetch water. Then, when his disciples brought food, in verse 31, in the meantime, his disciples urged him, saying, Rabbi, eat. But he said to them, I have food to eat of which you do not know. Therefore his disciples said to one another, Has anyone brought him anything to eat? And Jesus said, My food is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. Then 35, look at what he says. He says, Do you not say there are still four months? Then comes the harvest? All right. He now says, Behold, I say to you, Lift up your eyes and look at the fields, for they are already white for harvest. Lift up your eyes. Do you not see there are still four months? Huh? Four months before the harvest, okay? It's, it's not yet harvest time. Four months to come, and then there will be harvest. But he says, lift up your eyes. Now, look, look, look. What? Look at the fields. What field was he talking about? Samaria. Look at the fields of Samaria. They are white for harvest. We can't wait for four months. If we wait for four months, we will lose this crop. So let's go now. That's what Jesus was saying. They are white. They are ready for harvest. And I pray that the Lord will show you, give you visions of the harvest. Show you what is ready to be harvested. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Show you the people that need to be harvested. 
show you the communities that need to be harvested. And I know Midran is ready for harvest. Midran is ready for harvest. So we're praying, I'm praying for God to give you visions of harvest. When you start sleeping, start seeing harvest. Start seeing fields that are ready for harvest. Start seeing that. Stop seeing animals chasing you. Start seeing, start seeing fields ready to be harvested. <laughs> yeah. Glory to God. That's going to... Lord, give me visions of the harvest. Give me visions of the fields. You know, Jesus said the fields are ready. It's not just one field. We don't only have Midran as our field. It's only our Jerusalem. There are fields. Somebody say fields. Fields ready for harvest. Wherever you are, if you're part of this church, wherever you are, you are positioned where you are for a reason. You are positioned where you are for a reason. You are positioned to bring in the harvest. May God open your eyes. I pray that the Lord will begin to give you visions of the harvest visions of the harvest. Whatever it will cost, we must be ready. We must be ready. Whatever it will cost us, let us be ready to do it. Amen? Amen? So that people we can... Do you know how many people die every day without knowing Jesus? Do you know where they're going? There's no in between. It's either heaven or hell. No other place. So, we need to pray for God to help us. So, when you... When these people, were, the disciples were walking past. They saw the same thing Jesus saw. But yet, Jesus saw... I mean, they saw the same things in the natural. But Jesus saw beyond the natural. And that's what I want us to believe God for. That God will give us the ability to see beyond the natural. Okay? That God will give you the ability to see beyond the natural. You will just see. You just know. This is a weary soul. This is a sheep without shepherd. You know that there are many scattered sheep that need to be brought into the fold. Do you know that there are, even, there are even people who are born again but don't go to church anymore because they've been abused. They've been, they've been battered. They've been exploited. Do you get my point? Yeah, there are people like that. They've been taken advantage of. Some of them have been devoured by, by so-called shepherds. Wolves in sheep clothing have feasted upon them. And now they are so broken. I remember when we started in Cape Town, I was so surprised at the number of Christians that didn't go to church. So, we, we don't make it a duty to go start, you know, going to people's churches to fish for members. That's not, that's, not, that's not our approach. But if there are people who are lost, 
You know, people get lost in some churches. <laughs> they are lost sheep. If there are people who are lost, they are candidates. If there are people who, who are abused, there are some people I tell, this place you are going to is not okay. You won't get to heaven in this place. Why? Because I know it is only called church, but I know it's a cult. I know it's a cult. So I said, don't, you don't, it's not good for you. It's not good for your soul. Huh? So I'll talk to them sometimes. And I'm not even saying, come join our church. But I'm just saying, get out of that place. It's not okay for you. You need a place where you can be fed the word of God. Where you will grow. Do you understand me? Yeah. You don't, you, I, I don't want to belabor you with the things that are going on in our society today. People need safe places. Now I believe that this is a house of refuge. This is a house of refuge where you will not be deceived, where you will not be exploited. All our leaders, they love you. There's nobody here that will take advantage of you. Hallelujah. Who will not do that? Why? We, we pay attention to your souls. We pray for you. You don't know that, but I'm telling you we do that. Pray for you to stand. Pray for you to be strong. Break the work of the enemy over your life. You don't know how many accidents you escaped. You don't know. One day God will show you. Hallelujah. So may God open your eyes to see the harvest. Visions. Revelations of the harvest. Revelations of the harvest. You don't need to be an evangelist to have revelations of the harvest. You just need to be a Christian. You just need to be a disciple of Christ. Hallelujah. God uses evangelists to stir us up and to equip us. But it's up to us to go for the harvest. Let's just begin to bless the Lord. Come on. Mighty God. Mighty God, I thank you. I thank you. I glorify you. I give you praise. I give you praise. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you for everyone. Lord, my God, under the sound of my voice. Lord, I pray, I pray, oh God, for revelations of the harvest. Revelations of the harvest. Show us not only the magnitude of the harvest, but show us also... Show us also the readiness of the harvest, the fields that are ripe and white. Show us, oh God. Give us visions of the ones that are ripe for harvest in the name of Jesus. Mighty God. Mighty God. Oh, yes, Lord, my God, I pray. I pray, oh God, for your people. I pray, oh God, for visions and revelations of the harvest in the name of Jesus Lord my God remove every veil remove every blindness oh God to the true state of the harvest 
You are the Lord of the harvest. I call upon you right now to come and move in our lives, move in our midst. You are the Lord of the harvest. Begin to lead this harvest. Begin to lead this operation. My Lord and my God. Yes, Lord. In the name of Jesus. Yes, in the name of Jesus. Harvest is great, but the laborers are few. Lord, I, I, I decree and I release. Let there be a stirring in this house. Lord God, let there be a move of your spirit in this house. Lord God, stir up every heart listening to me right now. Lord God, in the name of Jesus, I bring down the kingdom of self and I establish the kingdom of God. In the name of Jesus, let the kingdom of self come down. Let the kingdom of God be enthroned. Let the king of kings be enthroned. Let the king of kings be enthroned. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, yes, my Lord and my God, my Lord and my God. Mighty God, Jesus, Jesus, thank you, Father, in the name of Jesus. Let's rise up on our feet. Come on. I want us to really trust God. I want you to believe God. Believe God. I believe that God is working in our hearts already. Amen. Amen. Lift up your hands. Just tell the Lord, Lord, I surrender. Come live in me. Come live in me. Come breathe in me. Come breathe in me. Take over my life. Take over my life. Use my life. Use my life to bring in the harvest. To bring in the harvest. Use my life. To bring in the harvest. To bring in the harvest. Open my eyes. Open my eyes. Show me. Show me. Revelations. Revelations. Of the fields. Of the fields. That are ripe. That are ripe. And ready for harvest. And ready for harvest. Don't allow me. Don't allow me. To walk past. To walk past. The harvest. The harvest. That you have ordained for me. That you have ordained for me. To reap. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. Sensitize me. Sensitize me. Begin to speak to me. Begin to speak to me. Begin to stir my heart. Begin to stir my heart. Help me, Lord. Help me, Lord. To be effective. To be effective. In bringing in the harvest. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Okay, before we go, I want to I want to I want us to make a declaration. The church that I see. Hallelujah. How many people remember that? Yes. The church that I see. Amen. Yes. Glory, glory, glory. From now on, we'll begin to declare this every week. This is this is the church that I see. Okay. 
Say the church that I see. The church that I see is a church of authority. Is a church of authority. Power and influence. Power and influence. A church so large in size. The church so large in size that this city and nation. That this city and nation cannot ignore it. Cannot ignore it. A church growing so quickly. A church growing so quickly that buildings struggle to contain the increase. That I see a church. I see a church whose earnest. Heartfelt praise and worship. Heartfelt praise and worship touches heaven. Touches heaven and changes earth. And changes earth. Worship, worship which releases the glory. Which releases the glory. Worship, worship which releases healing power. Which releases healing power. Deliverance. Deliverance and prophecy. And prophecy. I see a church. I see a church whose altars, whose altars are constantly filled. Are constantly filled with repentant sinners. With repentant sinners responding. Responding to Christ's call to salvation. Christ's call to salvation. And eager. And eager to forsake all. And to forsake all to follow Jesus. To follow Jesus. I see a church. I see a church. That has a message. That has a message. That is embodied by people. That is embodied by people who are committed. Who are committed to living. To living by the Holy Scriptures. By the Holy Scriptures in all aspects. In all aspects. I see a people. I see a people so kingdom-minded. So kingdom-minded that they will count whatever the cost. That they will count whatever the cost and pay whatever the price. And pay whatever the price to see revival. See revival and reformation. And reformation engulf this land. Engulf this land. I see a church. I see a church that is so significant. That is so significant in impacting the marketplace. In impacting the marketplace, producing capital of industries producing captains of industries statesmen and women statesmen and women bringing the kingdom of god bringing the kingdom of god into every sphere of life into every sphere of life i see a church i see a church that is so well resourced that is so well resourced with finances with finances properties properties creativities creativities abilities abilities blessings blessings and favor and favor that is able that is able it is able it is able to fulfill to fulfill every god-given vision every god-given vision i see a church i see a church that is so generous that is so generous that this world finds it hard to understand that this world finds it hard to understand hallelujah I see a church. I see a church that is effective. That is effective in establishing in establishing powerful spiritual altars. Powerful spiritual altars that serve as portals. That serve as portals for heaven to invade the earth. For heaven to invade the earth. I see a people. I see a people that are able that are able to accurately operate. From the heavenly realms, from the heavenly realms, establishing jurisdictions on earth, establishing jurisdictions on and earth, legislating God's will, and legislating God's will, bringing the government of heaven, bringing the government of heaven into every dimension, into every dimension of human life. Of human life, I see a church. I see a church that is strong, that is strong and powerful, and powerful, able. 
able to inflict to inflict permanent damage permanent damage to all the powers of hell to all the powers of hell the church that i see the church that i see is working is working in the powers in the powers of the age to come of the age to come confounding confounding principalities principalities and powers and powers by extraordinary by extraordinary demonstrations demonstrations of divine wisdom of divine wisdom I see a church. I see a church whose increasing passion, whose increasing passion for the lost, for the lost is unquenchable. Is unquenchable. I see a church. I see a church that is effectively that is effectively raising disciples raising disciples who are totally yielded who are totally yielded to the lordship of Christ to the lordship of Christ and transforming society transforming society i see a church i see a church whose passionate love for god whose passionate love for god and people and people is so tangible is so tangible and irresistible and irresistible that every power that every power of evil and hate of evil and hate are forced to surrender are forced to surrender i see a church i see a church that is walking that is walking in the highest attainable level in the highest attainable level of intimacy with god of intimacy with a church, a church that knows God, that knows God face to face, face to face. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! I see a church, I see a church that is powerful, that is powerful, unstoppable, unstoppable, and glorious, and glorious with undeniable, with undeniable, and documentable, and documentable manifestations, manifestations of the glory of God, of the glory of the God. church that I see, the church that I see is able. Is able to break the bread of life. To break the bread of life. And positively, positively reach every household. And reach every household in this city. In this city. With the gospel of the kingdom of God. With the gospel of the kingdom of God. I see a church. I see a church whose head is Jesus. Whose head is Jesus. Whose help is the Holy Spirit. Whose help is the Holy Spirit. And whose focus is the Great Commission. Whose focus is the Great Commission. Yes, the church that I see. Yes, the church that I see. Could well be our church. Could well be our church. Every nation Midran. Every nation Midran. From Midran to the ends of the earth. From Midran to the ends of Hallelujah. the earth. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. Amen. That's the church that I see. I don't know what you see, but I'm just sharing with you what I see. Amen. Glory to God. Lift up your hands and we say, Lord God. We receive it. What we see, we possess. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. We possess what we see. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. This ministry has come to you live from Every Nation Midrand. For other life-changing messages and more information, log on to www.everynationmidrand.org.